Fakakta Comedy Funhouse Network. <laughs> In a world where we hate everything except for the things we love, there's the Low Blow Podcast. So join us every week as me, Adam Z. Me, Dave Rowan. And Chris and Naomi. She might be naked. I'm naked. Fill your ear holes with unbiased reviews of movies, TV shows, comic books, anything Florida does, and basically the rest of the internet. Right here on the FCF Network. So please check out all your favorite downloading podcasting apps for us, the Low Blow Podcast. Appropriately inappropriate. my that's my american uh like radio host like 1950s voice that i sometimes do when i have to host anyway i'm not rocking steve obviously i'm adam and for the second ep- well you know kyle was on the last one so i guess uh you know but neither wayne nor rome are on this this episode and so this is going to come out on international podcast day I don't know if that's a fancy thing. I don't know if people actually celebrate that because there's a lot of holidays that they make up, like National Hot Dog Day. You know, um, there's a National Clown Day. I don't know. But uh, so I brought on someone that I've promised to bring on this show for a very long time. He and his, his uh, let's call them minions, have like in, had me on their shows multiple times. Welcome, Nick Branch. Well, howdy do. Um, as you can hear, I'm very British. Um, this is my British DJ voice, and we like to try and talk eloquently uh, in the UK. Of do course, we don't. Well, I mean, some people do. I mean, I, I, I obviously don't. Um, I couldn't keep that pretense up for more than for that amount of time. Do, that was too much effort. Do your DJs like? Or is the attempt to put people to sleep or to make them horny because i'm not really sure what 
What was you know what? It, we we do have, and I'm sure you've got them there as well. We do have easily easy listening radio stations. Oh yeah. So we've got uh, we've got a, a really famous station called Magic, uh, which are, you most people actually refer to as Tragic because all it does is it plays like love songs, um, or, or very soulful kind of stuff that would kind of get you to sleep. Um, and uh, the, the DJs on there, that I mean. There, there are different DJs, but you could not name which DJ you're listening to because they all have the same monotone voice. It's pretty incredible. Even yeah, a woman. I think that's the. I'll think all easy listening stations have that. We, you know, my yeah. cousin was actually. Um, he had a name. I don't remember what his his DJ name was, but he worked on a one of those and. I mean, it did like he was on the midnight shift, but it didn't really matter. Like no one cared. They just want you to play Kenny G. Or Celine Dion. <laughs> I don't know if Kenny Bit G. Yeah. I don't know if Kenny G. and Celine Dion have the same following over there in in the old country. Oh, they. Uh, well, Celine Dion definitely was massive around the same kind of time. I mean, it's not particularly big now, but um, yeah, like that that mid to late nineties, huge. And Kenny G. Um, yeah, he was like early nineties. Uh, he was like the the uh, the kind of thing to listen to. Yeah, but I, I missed all that. I was a bit too young, thankfully. I don't think you're that much younger than me. You, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, but I don't. You know, what I mean is, is that uh, it was. Um, it seemed to be a bit more of an eclectic. It, it it was popular, but it seemed to be like older adults listen to Kenny G. That's that's what I was kind of getting at. Not that you wouldn't know, just that so, the target audience seems to be like parents and, and grandparents so yeah okay so your parents like kenny g and you liked hansen i gotcha <laughs> no i was listening to snow as in informer yeah well that's the only song he had wasn't it I, I think he had a whole album i would assume oh no uh, he did he, sorry okay he did have a, a whole album but i think two people bought it uh probably it. probably yeah yeah uh but so you well you used to just do a Disney podcast. Now you you basically have your own network. <laughs> that makes me sound like some kind of megalomaniac. Um, yeah, I mean, pardon. <laughs> well, pardon the pun, but um, we did kind of branch out. So, yes, we we started doing a Disney podcast called um, Dis After Dark, uh, and the main reason for doing that was um, in the UK there was a there was a few. Disney podcasts that um, you got. I mean, nowhere near as many as we, you, you kind of find out of America. Um, but they were all really saccharine and, you know, how great Disney was and, you know, they didn't suck. You know, even the stuff that sucked didn't really suck. Um, and it was just all a bit soft and, you know, la da And so uh, a, a guy who I met through a, another Disney podcast said he had this idea for doing a, a more mature grown-up Disney podcast and so um, we started that together um, but when we first started it um, we, we used to swear a lot because we wanted to make sure it sounded really kind of adult and it came across as a bit false so whilst we do swear it seems to be more natural now rather I think at the beginning it used to be let's get the swears in so people know that this is supposed to be for adults Um but over time, the the format's changed slightly. We've got some some more people on board. The original, um, you know, 
host of the show um, who, who came to me about it at the beginning, he decided he didn't want to do it anymore, and I kind of took it over accidentally. But since that time that I did take it over, we have added a Universal Studios podcast, so we talk about Universal theme parks, and also uh, a pop culture podcast where we kind of talk about anything. And you've listened to it for a long time. And so you know that even though it's a Disney podcast, we used to really go off tangents sometimes and, and not talk about Disney for long periods. So we now have an excuse uh, and a podcast to do where we can just wax lyrical about whatever we want. Well, I don't um, I don't know that that's entirely... Ne- I mean, not to say that you shouldn't do the show. I mean, do what you want. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that it's entirely necessary. I've, I've had conversations with um, Hunter of UUOP... And uh, some other show, he does. He, he actually, he does a bunch of shows too. But um, I, I think, you know, you mentioned like there's a a ton of American podcasts that talk about Disney theme parks and Universal. Well, not mm-hmm. so much Universal. Universal is pretty limited in what's what's available. But um, but the problem is, is like I when I first started listening, because I I didn't realize that was a thing. Like I knew about podcasts. But I didn't hmm. realize there were theme park podcasts, which now I, I know there's literally a theme, uh, like a podcast about just about anything you can imagine. There are, yeah. there are like sewing circle podcasts these days. And um, I, uh, but I, I listened to like a few of them when I first found out about it. And I was like, this is fucking terrible. Like, 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 yeah, okay. Like this podcast has all kinds of information that I wouldn't know because they have a bunch of. Uh, cast members that'll tell them things but i'm falling asleep at the wheel listening to them yeah and uh i find i think the mistake that a lot of theme park podcasts make is that they assume that no one gives a shit about them they're just like oh you're just here to hear like the latest news and rumors Uh, if you're that interested in it you don't need to listen to a podcast for that i mean it's a it's a convenient aggregate for it but i can Mm. find out all the same stuff just by googling and knowing what websites to look at you know yeah yeah and i think the thing is as well i mean some podcasts you get you get daily editions of so some of the bigger uh, theme park podcasts will do daily editions so they're quite current but some of the other podcasts i listen to um would record maybe two episodes a month so by the time they put their content out you were you know, well aware of whatever news and rumors have been breaking, because if you're interested, as you say, you're going to kind of, uh, you're going to Google it. And the other thing as well is, and I think where we try to make our podcast a little bit different, and I know you, you can't do similar stuff on yours is that because there's so much content out there, because especially, uh, I suppose in the theme park space, if you were just doing a show where you're just, literally talking about news that's happening and that's really what you're talking about there's so many different podcasts you can listen to i hardly listen now there's a few disney podcasts that i still listen to or theme park podcasts that i listen to because if you listen to one you'll hear the same stuff on one that you'll hear on another there's nothing that really distinguishes distinguishes uh, you know one from another in a lot of cases whilst i think what we try and do because people are choosing to listen to you is try and make it a bit more personal. And I think a lot of podcasts don't bother to do that. And they're really interchangeable if they don't, because they all have pretty much the same message to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I do think a lot of what makes uh, I mean, well, I, I I would say almost all of what makes a podcast work is is the personalities of the people involved and what they bring to the table. And you know, I I had mentioned to you, well, not just you, but to uh, on your Facebook group a while back mm. that uh, you know, because y'all had to add like a lot of new people to sort of get things uh, I guess like steady again once once y'all uh lost some members and uh you know you it started off kind of rough you know as things always do but uh over time like every because y'all have got like what seven people at this point um not quite as many as that we've got about six i think hang on let's see we've got uh two pools a craig a chris and amanda myself yeah so, so six and i suppose i mean the original host is still around but you know he might make an appearance once a year or so so i suppose technically there's seven of us but um i think when you've got a roster that big and and the reason for our, for us kind of expanding that much is what it does mean is that if somebody's on holiday if somebody's not well if somebody can't make a recording then there's enough there's still going to be enough people you hope to put together a podcast episode the problem i've got is that i am still pretty much the driving force for two of those podcasts so if i'm not there to do it or if i don't try and get everyone together to do it it probably won't happen um and we just so the universal podcast we've now kind of given over to uh, amanda because Amanda was kind of like the the universal expert. And when we decided that we wanted to try and do a universal podcast, I made it quite clear that it was going to be another lot of responsibility and I wasn't comfortable leading with that because I felt I, I was already doing a lot of stuff already. And she's proved herself and she's she's good and she's driven for it and she's excited for it. So we were happy to let her... Um, kind of lead the way on that so that's something that's kind of been going on in the background for um the last few months and that's kind of really starting to take off now um but you're right and i think another thing that makes us different especially to to your podcast is we've never all been in the same room and in yeah. fact i i've i've not actually met four of the people I podcast with ever Okay, so you met Craig once. Uh, I assume it was one of the Pauls that you you met? Yeah, so um, I originally met uh, Craig and um, the, the Paul number one and Paul number two, so Boniface and Dolan. Um, we met at a Disney convention that was in the UK. Very low convention. I mean, it's it, nothing like an American convention. It was in a small room, probably about 100 people there um, over a couple of days. And, um, you know, we, we talked and stuff and it was it was nice. But at that point, Craig wasn't involved in the podcast at all. Um, he was just a listener. And uh, Paul Dolan would join the podcast probably about six episodes later. We had him on as a guest after meeting there, but he didn't become part of the team until a little bit after. Um, so he's been there quite early on as well. Um, but because of where we, we live in the country, like across the country, although obviously England is nowhere near as big as America by any stretch, um, we just still haven't managed to get together. Now, um, I don't know if you've heard, but um, we put out a podcast yesterday 
of um, audio of um, the first day or so of me and Craig in Orlando. So it had gone for me meeting, and I met because Craig works um, in London for a few hours, uh, a couple of days a week. I've seen him a couple more times outside of the podcast, but we went to Orlando together, and that was the first time that we got to spend days together. So um, are you leaving your wives? Luckily, now? it worked out because it could have got quite messy. <laughs> but so, um, you know that that was good. So there's now audio of that out there and we've become really good friends because of it so are you are you leaving your wives now and uh um i i would i think i think you'd find it hard to so i think we're gonna have to keep it completely platonic um that was his fear actually when we got to the hotel on the on the the first night we were there and we was checking in um when they were when they come around to check me into the the hotel, we had separate beds. But when I did, they uh, the, the uh, checkout clerk said, "Oh, um, so can I take your name, please?" I said, "Yeah, it's it's Nick." And he said, "Oh, same surname." At that point, I think the penny dropped that the whole weekend people would think we was a gay couple. That's, Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's that's odd. I, I have had that happen. However, and this might be uh, something the two of you might want to think about. Uh, the only time that's ever happened is uh, when I was with a gay friend. Like I went, <laughs> I went on a, I went on a cruise with um, a, someone that I had known since I was sixteen or whatever, and um, and he's, he's, I don't think he's. Uh, I've been told he's flamboyant. I don't really see it, you know. I mean, I can see him being gay, but anyway. But we went on a cruise together, and it was separate beds. But you know, if you've if you've never been on a cruise, they have like group dining, and uh, yeah. so I would go to go have the nightly meal, and he didn't want to be around other people, and you know, most of those people were couples, and they would say, you know, where's your uh, where's your friend, and I would <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know what, <laughs> like, um. But, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so you might, I don't know, maybe maybe I might want to consider, maybe uh, maybe it's like that old Bonnie Raitt song, let's give them something to talk about. Maybe, uh, maybe I haven't figured <laughs> things out yet. I, I think I think, um, I, I think I do give off that vibe a little bit. I think that's just how I am. Um, you know what? Which it was, is, you know, was, I don't care. <laughs> it was the Orlando Magic jersey. Frankly. Jersey. That is that, that that did get a lot of attention actually. My eighteen-year-old Orlando Magic jersey, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's the colours, but <laughs> uh, and and I was showing skin, so there's that as well. But uh, but no, I think I just think in general, I think sometimes you can give up off that um, that kind of vibe. I wouldn't mind. I used to wear eyeliner. I used to wear black lipstick. Um, used to have my nails painted. No no problems with that at all. But. Um, yeah, now I don't do any of those things. Um, now people think I'm gay. So, what can you do? You were much straighter as a Nine Inch Nails fan. You know what? No, none of that at all. Actually, I never, I was never really into. Um, I th- well, the, the early noughties, like Limp Bizkit, um, Linkin Park, that kind of that kind of scene when that all kind of started to break through, but. No, it was a few years afterwards. I don't even. I can't even remember why I started wearing eyeliner, but I did. Um, it was very shortly. Like the eyeliner lasted quite a while. Painting nails and dyeing my hair and black lipstick was was very uh, 
didn't, that didn't last very long at all. But the eyeliner kind of went for a, a good couple of years if I was going out. But uh, and the thing is, you know, what's, what's terrible about that is I never used to. Um, I used to never think anything of it, like putting a bit of eyeliner on. But um, you, you used to get people get beaten up for that just for doing. That. I never really like, thought about it in that way. But um, I think I was quite lucky actually. I never got uh, attacked. But I think it's sad that you you can't do stuff like that without people uh, wanting to kick the shit out of you. I mean, I don't. I can't speak for your country, but I mean, people just kind of do what they want here. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think to be honest, because of where I was in the country, I probably did get away with it. But uh, well, certainly yeah, in like, little I mean, towns and stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess certain parts of the country here. I don't know if you get beaten up these days, but people aren't necessarily. I don't know people. People don't really want their lives. Uh, like their their little world changed. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I think I think you uh, maybe what you're kind of getting at is that if people are if if it's something that they're not used to or something that's not the status quo, then people can take offence to it or get scared of it, and therefore react badly to it. Um, there's some of that. I think I think what a lot of it is because I'm this way. I'm very old fashioned. Um. Sometimes I just want to be left the fuck alone. Like I don't really want to stop you from doing whatever you're doing. You know, like you, you want to wear an eyeliner. You want to cut your your dick off. I mean, it's your life. I'm not gonna. I'm not <laughs> gonna you want to do that? I mean, a lot of people are doing it. Uh, like, oh yeah, okay, words, yeah. I see, in the words yeah, I see of, what uh, sense. yeah, in the words of Mel Brooks, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Doing it. Doing it. Anyway, uh, it's very very obscure reference. But um, no, nah, I, I don't. I don't really care. I just don't want people bugging me, like uh, you know, like go do it over there, you know. And I used to have a friend who was a drag queen, uh, my friend Jack, and Jack was awesome, and I we never had any problems. Uh, he was he got a little weird when he would get drunk, you know, like he never hit on me or anything like that, but he gave all kind of a, like a psychotic vibe when he was drunk. But uh, but he was a drag queen, a pretty convincing one actually. And I was always like, look, dude, like, I don't care that you do that. Just, you know, like, not more hanging out. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I know you got friends that, that like, are cool with that. I'm just not one of them. I'm sorry. Like, I, <laughs> and, uh, you know, eh, it was never really an issue. Um, but uh, anyway. There's enough of this. I remember going to um, I remember going to like a gay club. Uh, I, I used to go out with a girl who who had a gay brother, and it was the first time I'd really hung around gay people because we're talking like early millennium, and um, I mean, gay people were kind of accepted more at that time, but it was still a um, it was still something that was a little not not taboo. That makes it sound wrong, but um, it was it wasn't as um, it wasn't open much. as it as it is now, yeah. Um, and so one night they said, "Oh, we'll go to Soho, really famous part of London, where there's a lot of gay bars." And uh, I was all prepared to, like, you know, have somebody chat me up, and I had my lines as you know, say, oh, you know, thank you, but I'm actually not gay. Um, and I was wasting the whole night for someone to try and chat me up, and no one chatted me up, and I felt like uh, I felt like a failure because uh, because a gay guy didn't chat me up. I was like, "Well, what's wrong with me?" 
But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm over it now. It's all right. Maybe you shouldn't have walked in the room and yelled out. I don't want any fags touching me. I feel like that was probably <laughs> yeah, probably. yeah. That might have been that might have been what let me down. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you uh, did you know that Disney had? I don't think it was officially a gay club, but everybody knew it was the gay club at uh, at Pleasure Island. No, what one was that? Or do it I have was, to guess? Uh, I mean, you can guess if you want. If you remember, like all the clubs from Pleasure uh, Island, well, many a year. I, I'm in. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember the Adventures Club. Obviously, um, there was uh, like a seventies club, wasn't there? Was it like called Tracks or something? Uh, it was called Eight Tracks. Yeah, Eight Track. Yeah, was it that one? No. Oh. By the way, I'm just. It's just occurring to me now. Like we're almost on ten years, because I think it was 2008 when they shut down the last club at Pleasure Island. Oh. It was. A, I think it was a little bit after that because. The first time I went was 2007, and I think some of them were still open in 2010. Uh, but I could be that wrong, might, but I th- might have been one or two left. They were, I mean, they, they definitely weren't all open. Um, well, they, I think the Adventures they, Club was probably the last one to go, wasn't it? No, the Adventures one was shut down before they even decided to shut down Pleasure Island. It was a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, because everyone loved that club just because of the animatronics and all that. Um, but no, I'm—I mean, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty positive the last club to go down was uh, what was it called? Uh, oh my god, this is driving me nuts. It was the main club. It was like the the modern, you know, with all the modern music, and it was you know like the rave club. I can't, oh man, it's gonna drive me crazy. But, but I, I was <laughs> my brother and I had uh, evacuated for a hurricane, uh, Hurricane Gustav, in 2008, and I'm pretty sure that was not long. But I think part of the reason I wanted to go was to go to that club one last time before they they showed right. up. But I could be wrong. But uh, but anyway, no, you, but, may, you, may, you may not be. I mean, um, I, I, I take it you've been to Disney Springs. Uh. Yes, let me think. Was was everything open at that the last time I went? Because I went in March. Oh, yeah. it must have been. Or yeah, I certainly. Think everything nearly... was open, but well, one of the garages. It's not, well, it's not. I mean, it's not all open now. But I mean, I went there um, on my like, like before we went to the airport to come home because the, the stupid thing. I don't know if you know what Craig was doing and what I joined him for. We went to Orlando for four days. Mm-hmm. Now. Bearing in mind the flight from the UK is eight and a half hours to go to Orlando for four days is pretty ridiculous. But the um, the last few hours before we come home, we went to Disney Springs. Um, it was the only, it was the nearest we could get to Disney with without our wives trying to divorce us. Um, and that was the first time I'd obviously been to Disney Springs since it became that. And um, I thought it was it was quite nice, but it just didn't seem to have the the same personality it seemed to just be well for for some of it, it just seemed to be a bit of a, a an upmarket outdoor mall well that's that is what like it one is of the outdoors or something i don't know uh, how much exploring you've done uh, uh, outside of like disney and universal itself but hmm. um there are several i don't know if y'all have them there but it's called they're called outlet malls which yeah i went to a few i've been to a few yeah okay well so there's there's a bunch of those not far from disney and universal and so when they decided to change downtown disney it was to compete 
Disney Springs is designed to take business from the outlet malls. And if you look at the new main area where Pleasure Island used to be, mm. and, uh, and the bus stop as well, like um, it's very clear that that's what it's meant to be as an outlet mall. But um, yeah, yeah, it looks. I mean, I don't, I don't get it though because surely the whole reason and so the reason why I went to the outlet malls um, before is that you go there because stuff's cheap. Whilst this part, you know, like Disney Springs, all of those, or a lot of those shops are upmarket and expensive. Yeah, I I don't know that it really is going to make a difference, but as far as Disney is concerned, it's more restaurants and more opportunities for people to spend money. So True, you know. true. But, but other, um, than, other than Jock Lin, um is it Jock Lin, Lindsay's? Yeah. Uh, the Indiana Jones bar. I mean, other than that, I mean... Everything just felt a bit. I mean, it was it was nice, but it just didn't have that same um, appeal that I think um, it, it used to when it was downtown Disney. Uh, no. And a bit and a bit where like Disney Quest is and all of that. That is almost untouched. You know, yeah. that's that's. I know they're taking down Disney Quest now, and, and they're just, you know certain Soleil's going, but. They've knocked down some restaurants to replace them with new restaurants. The shops on the other side are identical to the ones that were there ten years ago. I yeah no that's that's all true. I mean I I I really don't know what they're doing with all that, but no. uh, but the uh, but yeah the gay club was called Mannequins. Ah, okay. you know wait, wait, uh, when what was the first year you went? Two thousand seven. It was closed by then. Um, okay. So it's uh, you, you okay? So you went to Disney Springs. Did you take note of where Mor- Morimoto uh, was the the sushi joint? No. Okay. Uh, well, no. you know where the pub is, right? Which one? The what, Raglan Road or Raglan Road? Yeah. 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 Um. So across from there is Morimoto. And Morimoto is the building, well, I mean, I think they tore it down and rebuilt, you know, built a new one, but, but that's, uh, that building had been like just sort of empty for probably a good nine years or something like that. And that used to be mannequins, which was a gay club and it had a revolving, um, dance floor. And, uh, I only went once when I was in the Disney college program, but, uh, I was there with, with some people and, uh, my immediate roommate in the college program was like, Hey man, I gotta go to the bathroom. And uh, I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know why the fuck you're telling me that. And he's like, come on, dude. I'm like, why, why do you need me to go with you to the bathroom? He's like, dude, there's going to be fucking gay guys in there. I'm like, do you, are you under the impression that like, as soon as they walk in, there's like some dude in like, is going to start playing blue oyster cult and, wearing leather straps and go fresh meat, you know, I, so I, I literally had to like follow him into the bathroom cause he wouldn't stop nagging me. And I was just like, all right, dude, do your business. This is now weird. Cause I'm fucking standing around looking at gay guys holding their dicks, you know, which is the gayest thing possible. You know, well, not the gayest, I guess. I guess no, it's, but it's, it's, it's up there, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, yes, yeah, I, I suppose that's it. I suppose, you know, the mentality is, especially if you're not used to being around gay people is, um, Oh, well, you know, if he's attracted to men, he'll be attracted to me because I'm a man. 
when that's not how it, in the same way that you can look at a woman, a woman and find her attractive and you can look at another woman and not find her attractive in the slightest. Well, the, no. the, the old theory was that, uh, if you were, if you were a homophobe, it was one of two things. Either you were secretly gay yourself and you just hadn't admitted it yet, or you just thought you were so hot that everybody wants to fuck you, you know? And yeah. let's be honest, it's not the latter. It's definitely not the latter <laughs> the, no. for, for most people. No. Unless, you're, unless you're Dwayne the Rock Johnson, it's probably oh, not the latter. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially when he's wearing that fanny pack. Um, with the turtleneck sweater. I mean, that's, you know, does it get more hot than that? Uh, you know what? I mean, maybe not in 1993 or whenever when that first picture was taken, but the fanny pack and the sweater, of, uh, the, the turtleneck, ain't holding anybody back these days. Well, I mean, you are a big fan. Not not in that way, but you are a big fan of uh, oh, The there, Rock. There's an ongoing joke that I'd let The Rock have me uh, if he wanted but the problem with that joke, have, let's be honest, you wouldn't have much say. Well, that was that's the problem with the joke is that like if he really if he really <laughs> wanted me, I just you know. Um, but I always tell people, I'm like, look, it's not it's not gay if the Rock makes love to you. It's just common sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's a good step. Um, yeah, I think I used to um, I used to go to college with a friend, and um, you know he. Completely straight, you know. Women loved him. He, he was a bit of um, a chick magnet and a bit full of himself. But he said, if Pierce Brosnan tried it on with me, I would go gay for Brosnan. And his he, his rule was that there must be one person of the opposite sex that you would actually be gay for. I think a lot of people do have that actually. To be honest, um, um, not that you probably act on it, but. Um, it, you'd, you'd probably have some odd feelings if you encountered that person. Huh. I could say, you know what, Brosnan post-Thomas Crown Affair, yeah. Yeah, this this would have been like 99-2000, so yeah, prime Brosnan. I saw I saw what he did to Rene Russo. I can, I can deal with that. <laughs> Speaking of movies, you're, uh, you know, I, I assume that's why you developed the last podcast everybody's got one uh because you love to talk about movies movies are uh yeah i've always been quite a big passion of mine actually even though i say that there's lots of really um popular films that people love to talk about that i've never seen so for example on the plane to orlando last week i watched blade runner for the first time i still haven't seen that but the reason why I'd only just seen it that time was because every single time I've tried to watch it, I fell asleep. Yeah, fair enough. And I, having uh, sat through it all now, I can understand why I fell asleep. I, I mean, we all have those movies, though. The ones that I get the most shit about are, uh, in fact, last night I was with um, uh, people who regularly listen to the podcast know who Squirrels is. Uh, and she listens. Hi, Squirrels. Um we were having dinner together and uh, for whatever reason, the princess bride came up and I was like, I've never, and she, as soon as she starts to open her mouth and just like you did, I'm just like, stop. Yeah, I know. I've heard it. I don't care. And by the way, I'm taking this one to my grave. Um, (laughs) And she's like, no, we're going to watch the princess bride. I was like, we're really not. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, look, I've, I've got some... So, here's some things. I had very weird parents. I say had, they're still alive, but they're, they're basically dead to me. Um, and I remember when I was about five or six, The Goonies was coming on TV. And I mean, the thing people will never understand now, so like 20-year-olds now will never understand, is that when a film came out of the cinema... Like if you didn't catch it when it was out in the cinema, you had to wait years to be able to watch it at home. Right, because it came out you'd on. either have to. Well, you could, you could possibly rent it, but even renting it might take a year for it to come out on on VHS or whatever. Um, or you'd have to wait for it to come on TV, which could take two, three, four years, easy. Right. And um, I remember the, the, they were advertising the Goonies coming on. And I was like, oh wow, that looks great. I and mean, I was like, oh no, it's stupid! Don't, you're not, you know, you're not watching that. And there was lots of films like that in the '80s that weren't weren't violent or anything like that. I mean, I, he let me watch Robocop for fuck's sake. But um, lots of films that a lot of people my age grew up watching, and I I knew nothing about. And when I got together with my now wife, um, she mentioned something about the Goonies, and I said, you know what, I've never seen it. And uh, the relationship almost ended there and then. Um, saying I've made up for it a lot. I mean, I've watched the Goonies a, a hell of a lot now, and the same with the Princess Bride. It's another one that I never saw, but um, I, I, I rate it a lot. And I think I've still only seen half of it, but I think the Princess Bride is probably the '80s equivalent of uh, Stardust in terms of tone, that kind of thing. Interesting. I'm a big fan of Stardust. Uh, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big Matthew Vaughn fan. But, I, but I, you know, like you said about taking that to the grave, I've never listened, and it's not movie-related, but I've never listened all the way through to Stairway to Heaven, and I'm not going to either. Hmm. Well, fair enough, I guess. I mean, my whole thing is I hate it when people overhype a movie, and everybody goes, no, no, but you can't overhype whatever the movies are talking about. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Like, there's, there's yeah. no... There's no accounting for the expectation when you're like, this is my favorite movie of all time. This is the best movie we'll ever see. Because when you go into that, and then it, like most of the movie is just okay. <laughs> you know? Do you know what I think? And I, I completely agree with you there, because I was quite lucky in that when I saw The Princess Bride, which was probably only about 10 years ago or so, it was my best friend's film. Like, it, it was the film he enjoyed the most. And he said to me, like... Um, you know, you're going to like this film. I was like, oh. and luckily I did. But um, there's nothing worse than watching a comedy and you're watching with someone who loves that film and they're waiting for you to laugh at the bits and you're just sat there completely stony-faced. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to watch it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I get, I get, um, there's that one... I get I get shit from guys over Scarface because I've never seen Scarface. I've never seen Scarface. Um, no interest. And like it's it's always like you're not a real guy unless you've seen Scarface. I'm like, what the fuck ever. I mean, I've seen Die Hard. Like that's more of a movie than <laughs> yeah. Scarface. Best Christmas film ever. Uh, I'm I'm actually I'm really more partial to um, Long Kiss Good Night, but um. you know. I, I mean, I love Die Hard. I'm just saying, like, when I'm looking for Christmas films, I go for Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, that and Love Actually. That's my barometer. Uh, that, or that's my really? Barometer. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then the the other one that people mostly give shit for, give me shit for, is okay. I've seen the third Godfather movie. Never seen the first two. Neither have I. 
And I, I, I went through a phase of buying like loads of box sets when, when I had like loads of money, when I had loads of disposable income before I lived by myself, uh, you know, I moved out my parents and had other responsibilities. I used to buy so many films and I bought that trilogy and I've never watched it. Hmm. So you, I mean, is it on DVD or is it on like VHS? DVD. Yeah, DVD. So technically you could watch it any time. Absolutely, just can't be bothered. Well, the funny thing is the th- well, you got kids now. Uh, the the funny thing is like the third one is considered like I don't know if it's considered a piece of shit, but compared to the yeah, first yeah. two, which are people argue are like two of the best films of all time, like it's it's considered pretty bad. And uh, so whenever I bring up like I've seen the third one, people get like kind of irate, and I'm always like, look, the third one was on. I didn't <laughs> I didn't seek it out. <laughs> It was on, and I sat and watched it. I couldn't even tell you what happened in it. But but, uh, but there's just certain movies, and I'm just like, look, there's a lot of movies. I, I can't see all of them. And to be honest with you, The Princess Bride doesn't interest me. Even though I love Carrie Elwes, doesn't interest me that much. You know, um, I'm much more interested in seeing Kingsman uh, the first chance I get. Well, you know what? Um my wife went to see that opening night. She was a massive fan of the first Kingsman. She actually went to see, well, she saw it with uh, her mum the opening day of the first really? of the first Kingsman, and saw it with me <laughs> like two days after. Um, so she was really hyped to see it, and she came back from the cinema that night, and she was like, "It's rubbish." And I was like, "What do you mean it's rubbish?" She's like, oh, it's, "It's terrible." I was like, it "Can't be terrible. It's a Kingsman movie." Um, I think it's I think it's got a bit more of a mixed reception compared to the first one, but I'm still really excited for it, even being told that. I've heard um, things about it. I don't know any personally anybody personally that's seen it, but I've, mm. I've heard it's. I mean, I look. I don't know. I, I but I've I've yet to see a Matthew Vaughn film that wasn't pretty close. To, well, as close as anybody gets to perfect. Um, it's you know he directed. Kick-Ass, which, if if you've never read the book Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass is a piece of shit. Like, it's it's one of the most puerile, it's just utter garbage. And to watch that movie, it's just like, oh my god, like, someone took... It's literally like somebody went into your toilet and took a piece of shit and made a steak out of it, and it tasted really good. I'm not familiar with the original, so like the original work, so don't, I don't, don't ever. Know. If you've if you've if you've only seen the movie, you're good. Yeah, ne- never. Yeah, uh, and that's why when when uh, Matthew Vaughn didn't go back for Kickass Two, and the 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 writer of the book, um, Mark Miller, mm. came out and said, "Well, the second one's exactly like Kickass Two. I was like, I'm out. I read Kickass Two. I'm so fucking out. It's not even funny." Because Kick-Ass 2 is it, worse than Kick the original Kick-Ass. Oh, well, I mean, and the film, obviously, the same way. I mean, I I just can't understand how they, they misjudge stuff like that. I remember uh, I got really hyped up for Sin City 2. I really liked the first Sin City film. I didn't hate the sequel, but considering it had, like, the same director and everything like that, you just thought, how have you ballsed it up? Like you just had to do the same stuff pretty much again, and you've just done it subpar. I don't At know. least we kick ass two out of different directors, so you know there was an explanation there. But you know, I, I don't know. That yeah, movie, I, that movie had been stuck in like development hell for a while. I I I never actually even saw the second one just because 
I, I, I liked the first one when it came out, and but I mean, after a few years, like, there's certain movies that come off as brilliant when you first see them, mm. and then like a year or two later, you're like, I don't really care if I ever see that again, and Sin City's one of those for me. That is, uh, that's my relationship with Christopher Nolan, pretty much. Oh, you don't want um, to get me started on him. Huh? You don't want to get me started on him. I don't. I'm not a Nolan fan at all. Well, you know, the thing is, right, I I remember when Memento came out, um, and it was at a very limited run in London, so I didn't get a chance to see it, but I bought it the first chance I had to get it on, on DVD. And uh, I thought, that's great. And I, I made a special trip to go and see Insomnia when that came out, and I enjoyed that. Um, but once he started doing Batman films, I was just like, I was saying that, actually, that's, that's like, Batman Begins, I did actually really enjoy. Um but his work after that was terrible. And I remember going to see Inception, and I went to a preview screening of it. And I, I remember walking out going, wow, that, that was a great film. And then I, I bought it, or someone bought it for me for Christmas that year, and we watched it again. And I was like, how the hell did I rate this film? Because it's terrible. Like, visually, you know, he's, he's creative, and, you know, there was some great effects in it. But... The story's absolute garbage. My uh, my best friend, or one of my best friends, The Hustle, whose birthday is today, um, he once explained it like this. like The Dark Knight is a technically a better film than Avengers, but if I'm sitting around one day and I feel like watching a movie, I can pretty much put on Avengers at any time. With The Dark Knight, I kind of need to think about it and I have to be in the right mood to even consider it. But more often than not, it's probably going to be a pass. And like, for me personally, uh, that's a hundred percent. I've, I've literally only seen the dark Knight once. And it's not that I thought it was a bad film. I thought it was a fairly brilliant film for what it was. It wasn't much of a Batman movie, but it was, it was, it was a pretty great <laughs> film. Um, but I just don't have any interest in watching. And actually, uh, dark Knight rises as, as flawed as that movie is like, I've seen that like probably four or five times because it's wow. more entertaining at least than, than dark Knight is. And inception I saw and I was like, all right, like that was fine. You know? But then after that, like my problem with it is like, I feel like he's one of these guys that thinks every hat thing has to be like dark and moody to have any depth you know, and you take a you take a movie like you know I mentioned Love Actually earlier, which is mm. it's not really a story. It's it's a a collection of of well, it's, it's, it's short stories. It's a collection of short stories, right. essentially. Yeah, that's uh, there's a word for it, but they all interconnect. Um, yeah. But each each one has its own mood, and some of them are darker. Some of them are kind of depressing. Um, mm. But that's the thing, and I'm not saying that Nolan doesn't have any depth. I'm just saying, like, I wish oh, just I once the motherfucker would, like, direct a comedy. I'm just like, this, he needs a hug. Well, I mean, I went to see Dunkirk. And again, I went to see that because I thought the trailer looked quite good for it. And I thought, you know, maybe this will turn me around on, on Nolan. And my friend went to go and see it um, opening weekend. He's like, oh, you've got to go and see it in IMAX. You know, I, I didn't. And I regret it. You know, go and see it on the biggest screen you can. And... Um, I went. I went to find it. I didn't. I didn't see it in IMAX, but I did see it in a in a larger screen um, with a better sound system. And I came out. And I just felt cold. 
Like, I couldn't believe that I was watching all these people in danger and I didn't give a shit if any of them survived. And, and that is purely down to, like, how you create those characters and what you do with them. Because, I mean, obviously, it may have been based on real events, but everyone in it was, was fictional. And um, I, I was shocked. I really thought I was going to like it, and, and I didn't. Um, yeah, I just... You're right, it, though he does need to do something else because everything seems to be the same and he, for some reason, I don't know why he does he, he feels that way, but he doesn't like Tom Hardy to talk or or he certainly doesn't want you to hear Tom Hardy talk anyway he's always trying to cover his mouth with something I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty jazzed about his uh, his Bane performance, I got I got a lot of material out of that uh... oh, well I, I love doing a Bane impression as well so, y- yes I, I, I understand what you're what you're saying uh, look just because we're talking about comic book films um because i've talked about this with quite a few friends but i'm not a fan of the dc universe but i did go and see wonder woman this summer and i wondered what your your take was on that if you'd um, seen it well so i i should explain that um i haven't seen suicide squad that's the only well and i've only seen half of batman versus superman i turned it off halfway through because Don't I was, blame me. I was, Wish I had. I was bored out of my mind. Well, yeah, I saw your your discussion where you agreed <laughs> to watch it in the end just to prove to Lee Malaby, who, uh, for people listening, that's a friend of ours. Um, he got really, like, on that, so, like, the backstory to that and what you saw was that when I started, we recorded a podcast where they, basically him and Craig were like, oh, you know, you should watch it and all this. So I thought Craig I would. Craig likes everything, though. Craig, Craig, will, they, oh, Craig will love anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, in fact, that's what upset me. Is he, he like he didn't like say once he loved me during that whole Orlando trip. I was like, well, you love everything. But um, we was, you know, they encouraged me to watch it, so I did. And I started um, doing live commentary in a, in a, in our Facebook group in a, in a message. I started doing live commentary about me watching Batman vs Superman, and Lee generally thought I was taking a piss. That I was, I was trying to get a rise out of him or something because of how much I was hating on this film, and I was like, I'm really, I'm really not doing it on purpose. I'm, I'm just being completely honest with how I feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I stuck it out, but I wish I hadn't. But Suicide Squad, I, 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 I want to see. I'm interested in seeing it, but my expectations are fairly low. Okay, uh, and Squirrels is going to get mad at me for for saying this. I haven't seen Suicide Squad. Initially, it was one of the few that I was excited about mm. because I was like, okay, well, there's no expectations for Suicide Squad. They can do whatever they want. And then mm. they made the announcement that the Joker is going to be in it. And I was like, all right, we're done. Like, And, and further, <laughs> when, they, when they put out the, the images of Jared Leto as the Joker, the, the gangster Joker, yeah. I was just like, this, no – like everything's wrong about this, and my my whole thing was like, look, if you put the Joker in a Suicide Squad big budget movie, it's no longer a Suicide Squad movie. It's a movie where people want to see the Joker. So mm. either the Joker's in the whole thing, or people are going to be pissed off. Turns out people were pissed off because the Joker was barely in it, um, which is insane to me. Like if 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 the Joker's in a movie, it's a movie about the Joker. It's that simple. Um, the impression I got though was that. That was a creative decision during the filming or during the editing of that. I think he was supposed to be in it for longer. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of you like, know. editorial 
stuff going on with that movie. But mm. I will say this. If, if you do watch Suicide Squad, I do want you to go and find a animated movie called Assault on Arkham Asylum, which is a... F- without even having seen it, it's again, sorry, Squirrels, because she's going to be mad at me because she apparently loves Suicide Squad. <laughs> Assault on Arkham Asylum is clearly more or less what they were basing the the live-action Suicide Squad movie on, but there's no chance it's anywhere as good. Assault on Arkham Asylum is a a pretty amazing uh, animated uh, movie, and it has the Jokers in that too, actually, um, and used very appropriately. But, um... So anyway, so I, uh, I... I saw half of Batman vs. Superman... Um, I was, the only thing that surprised me about that movie was how boring it was. And, um, mm. so I got halfway through that and then I did see Wonder Woman and I'd heard all the hype, including people I know, uh, some people saying, um, you know, this movie's amazing. I, you know, there were reviews saying it's the best superhero movie of all time mm. and I saw it and I was like, it was good. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Uh, I don't think I'd own it, but, um, and also (laughs) like for like, it's a movie that's hyped for two reasons. Number one, it's the only DC universe movie that has any tone shifts at all. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's still pretty bleak. Um, and most of the movie has the same Zack Snyder color palette. um, Except for the first chunk of the movie, um, which kind of, it, in, yeah. in a way, like shows that the director Patty Jenkins knew what she was doing, because she's like, "Look, this is paradise." So paradise is colorful and beautiful, and then you're seeing like war and like, so it's like, "Oh, okay." There's a director working on these movies who understands tone and like visuals <laughs> and the context of it, you know, uh, which Zack Snyder does not. Sorry, does not. Um, but. Like so, the the movie was hype because number one, they needed a DC movie that they could say like was was actually good. Number t- and you know to because the the people that are just like the Marvel movies suck, the DC movies are rule that kind of shit. And then there was like the whole thing of women who were or feminists who were like, uh, see when you when you put out a female superhero movie, it's so much better than blah 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 whatever bullshit. Um, <laughs> which uh, the funny thing about that to me is. Um, yeah, the, the star, obviously, was a woman, Gal Gadot, and the director was a woman, Patty Jenkins, and nothing against either one of them, but the writer was a man. Alan Heinberg wrote it. Alan Heinberg, uh, who's the producer of The O.C., uh, also wrote a pretty great Wonder Woman. It was supposed to be an ongoing series, but it was ended up being a miniseries um, about seven or eight years ago. Uh, but it made me laugh, because I was like, okay, I guess you, uh, I guess you needed a... a uh, a man to uh, to actually get this thing going, but uh, but the other thing is like no one no one was willing to admit how much they took from Captain America: The First Avenger. Like there's like three scenes in that movie where I was like, eh, I was in Captain America, I was in Captain America, oh that was definitely in Captain America. Like the <laughs> like they, like it was like, a little bit like that South Park bit with the Simpsons. Yeah, where, like, the Simpsons where they did pointed it. out, yeah. you know, like well. But although their point was that, like, ultimately everything's a remake of something else, but, uh, but, but yeah, no, I mean, and look, I'm nothing to detract from it. It was a good movie, but like people are definitely overhyping it to the point where I remember 
when Comic-Con happened a couple of months ago, they announced that like the next movie would come out in 2019 and people were like, Oh my God, they just announced when the movie was coming. I was like, number one, they just announced a year. Number two, these movies tend to come out sequels every two years. So what the fuck are you excited about? <laughs> like, like you, you could guess that. Like I kind of feel yeah, no one was going to think it was going to be five years away. Right. And if it, I mean, it would be stupid because so far, I mean, suicide squad underperformed, Batman versus Superman underperformed for what what they were expecting it to do. Mm. Um, God knows what Justice League is going to do. Uh, it's it's. I mean, they're they're pretty much diminishing returns on every movie. Um, and uh, so Wonder Woman's kind of their only actual breakout success. So yeah, there's no chance of it coming out like 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 Avatar sequels. You know, it's gonna it's gonna come out relatively soon. <laughs> In fact, if Justice League underperforms, I almost wonder if Warner Brothers is stupid enough to push up production on on Wonder Woman. Because if if Justice League underperforms, they're screwed. There's there's well, nothing they can do. It, it's weird, isn't it? Because so so my opinion on what was very similar to yours. Um, I saw it after the hype train had departed the station and I got out of there and I, I, me and my friend had both watched it at different cinemas the same night and we had a call after to discuss it and both of us were like, yeah, it, it was all right, but where's all this hype come from? It's just like a decent superhero film. And also as well, I didn't like the liberties it took. So I took great offense at the, um, the World War One scene when she ran across the battlefield okay. because that is actually an incident that happened in world world war one. And I said, look, I'm not offended in terms of like, you know, I, I didn't have to my knowledge, any relatives that fought in that war or, or that particular battle itself. Right. But can you imagine if they made a captain America film where he was pulling people out of the world trade center on nine 11, that's what I likened it to. I know it's not the exact same so... thing, but you're taking a real life event and putting a superhero in it. Are you saying that because it was made by Americans, they don't have the, I don't know if respect is the word, but the proper understanding of the context of what they were doing? I, no, I, th- I don't think well, that's stupid. I, but the reason I ask I, that is because, like, the reason no one would do the example that you gave is because in America, like, people still make the joke of 9-11, they make a 9-11 joke and go too soon. Like we, mm. we all understand. Cause like for most of it's, it's within our lifetime and we, you know, we, we understand it in a proper context. Whereas Americans don't re- like Dunkirk. I don't know that that many, I, th- I think more Americans saw the movie Dunkirk than knew anything or had even heard about what happened in Dunkirk. I had never, I'd yeah, heard the, yeah, I'd heard the name enough. of it before, but I'd never, I had no idea what happened there. Yeah, I, I no, I I get what you're saying. I just I, I don't know. I don't think it was do- I don't think it was done to insult, but I just think when you start putting superheroes into real life tragedies, and at the end of the day, you know, a, a, a massive war is a tragedy. You know, lots of people died. You know, when they they didn't need to. Like wars are often quite unnecessary, but I think when you you do that, it sets a, a dangerous precedent. Is, you know, where do you take it? How far do you push it? Um, but just in general, you know, e- even without that, I just thought it was an, a good film. But with Justice League coming out, I mean, when's it coming out in America? Is it November? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going up against Thor three. 
Right, okay. Um, in, which is funny because I didn't like Thor 2 at all, but I'm I'm looking for, forward to Ragnarok. But um, to me, like, everything I've seen for Justice League so far has looked pretty terrible. And Justice League should have been a big summer blockbuster. That should, should have been coming out in May or June. Putting it out that time of year, um, bearing in mind that, you know, Marvel can pretty much release a film any time of year and it's a big success. I think it's a massive risk and I think it's going to backfire. I do. I don't think it's going to be the big hit that they're hoping it will be. Um, I think at this, well, okay. So, I mean, I can't go into like, there's, there's like a lot of history that goes into, and I mean, it's only been a few years, but there's a lot of history that goes into like Warner brothers decisions um, mm. And I can only like I know more about the history of Batman versus Superman than I do what they've decided with Justice League. But uh, I do know that Justice League, a lot of the choices that they made are reaction to what happened with Batman versus Superman. For one thing, Batman versus Superman was they put in more money. Batman versus Superman cost half a billion dollars. Like that is an insane amount of money. And that's why Batman versus Superman, even though it made a billion dollars, isn't considered like a huge success because mm. in order for a movie to be considered a runaway success, it has to triple its budget. Yeah. Um, it didn't do that. It made a billion just barely. And it didn't do it like the Avengers movies or Captain America civil war did like the, those movies make their Well, I don't know how much civil war made, but, but the movies that, that, made a lot of money like generally when they when they hit a billion it happens pretty quickly um it took a couple of months for batman versus superman to make a billion dollars um so with justice league i'm i think they cut the budget down to manage expectations and then i i i'm guessing what they looked at was the schedule of disney movies and thought well the best thing for them would have been to pull a Dark Knight or an Avatar and have it in December. But the problem is that Disney already thought of that and Star Wars Episode Eight is coming out then, and they didn't want to go up against Star Wars Episode Eight for sure. Yeah. Then you look at uh, what was coming out in the beginning of the, the, the year. Uh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was coming out at the beginning of the summer, um, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 was a breakout hit. And so they knew how that was going to perform. It was going to do better than the, well, I don't know if it did or if it didn't, but they were expecting it to do better than the first movie did. Because usually that's how things go. Even if the sequel's not as yeah. good, usually it makes more money than the first movie. Yeah. Um, so they couldn't go up against that. So I think they just kind of looked at it and went, well, I mean, I, I actually quite like Thor The Dark World uh, for what it is, even if it's a massive misuse of Christopher Eccleston. Um, but... I think they kind of looked at it and went like, well, Thor, people didn't like the Thor sequel as much. So let's just have it come out roughly then. Um, and just hope that, you know, it has like a month before star Wars and that it, it makes its money and maybe keeps people out of star Wars for a week or two. You know, um, <laughs> that's my guess. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, there's been a lot less leaks on justice league than there were, like on a uh, Batman versus Superman. So, well, I think that's, well, that's not and, true. I, and I don't know, but I mean, I think that's possibly down to the fact that they've been doing a, a lot of reshoots late in the day because of the, the situation that developed there. Yeah, um, but that's so possibly, 
that's well, you know, and I kind of corrected myself there because there has been news because of the reshoots. But here's the thing: like people make a lot of noise about reshoots, and it's not that big a deal. Like every every major film does reshoots, um, and the reality is is that I've heard different things about what Joss Whedon's doing, but the bottom line is there aren't enough reshoots in the world that Joss Whedon could have shot to remake, like, basically redo a movie. I mean, the editor is going to have more influence on how a movie works than than Joss Whedon at that point. So if the movie's not good, or if it's just mediocre, you know... And the other thing is, like, putting Joss Whedon in at that late an hour... Um, if it had, like, I, I really think it was just to kind of make people think that it was more like Avengers. But um, mm. the problem is, like, if he was doing what people think he was doing and basically re- redoing the movie, what's going to, what would end up happening is it would be a worse movie because then you'd have two conflicting voices, like, mishmashing this film. And you can see that a lot in a lot of movies. Like, I enjoyed the movie Baywatch, but the movie Baywatch had. Oh, okay. like, had like five writers on it and you can feel it in the scenes. Like one scene is clearly going for this tone. The next scene is going for that. Um, and there's no coherency. And anytime you see a movie that has like five or six, uh, writers, um, it's always ends up being like a very confused story. And in fact, I heard the other day I was listening to, um, a podcast where some, uh, they were talking about the movie Catwoman with yep. uh, Halle Berry and the, the person who was on the movie was saying like, I think she said like at some point the movie had like 15 different writers, like over the course Jeez. of like, a, like 12 years or something like that. It was, it well, was, yeah. Cause it's another one, isn't it? I mean, that, that started off originally as a Michelle Pfeiffer vehicle. Right. And I don't that know. That was the original plan. I don't know what phases that went through, but, but apparently it had like, I'm making up the number, but I think she had said something like 12 to yeah. 15 writers. And but you feel I mean I didn't see that movie so I can't say but you feel it in a lot of these right. films so I don't know I look I'll go see Justice League the trailer looks okay it doesn't really look like a Justice League movie but it looks like a fun silly action movie um and maybe it'll be enjoyable you know I don't <laughs> I can't go into it with any expectations like I knew what I was getting out of Batman versus Superman I I knew what Batman versus Superman was gonna be literally from the day they announced it. Like it took me very little time to sort of suss out what they were doing. And the only thing I was wrong about was I told people, I was like, this movie's not coming out. And I said, if it does, it'll come out a year later than they're saying it's coming out. And it turns out it came out a year later and they said it was going to come out. But I, I had originally said like the movie's not coming out. Um, I just think with, you know, not even with the justice league thing, but you know, if you look at the announcements Warner Brothers have made recently, so like they're going to make a Joker film with Scorsese, mm-hmm. um, which is not going to be canon with uh, you know with the the films they're making now, like Justice League and Wonder Woman and stuff. It's going to be another time period, and they're talking about doing a Flashpoint film, and you know, it just seems to me that they don't have any faith in the product. That no matter what you think about the Marvel films, they have a plan. And they stick to that plan. Well, that's they continue along. That's what you have to understand about. So there's the, the difference between the Marvel films and the DC films is that 
Marvel is a small studio. It was bought by Disney, but it was a boutique company. Like it was a, it was it was an independent uh, film studio. They took out, you know, a multi-billion dollar loan to do it, but that's how it started out. And Disney when they buy products, if it's functioning, for the most part they'll leave you alone. Like Pixar, Pixar's mm-hmm. just now starting to change where they're ha- adding more sequels than they never used to. But for the most part, they left Pixar alone because Pixar made money. Um, Whereas they took a heavy hand in the Lucasfilm movies because George Lucas had pretty much ruined his reputation by then. And they couldn't... They knew that they couldn't keep going in the direction that the Lucasfilm movies were going. Um, Now, whether or not they've drastically improved Star Wars, eh, you know, that's... It's up to different people to say, but um, so they left Marvel Studios for the most part alone. There's been some company politics, but they're still more or less making the same movies they were when they started. Um, The difference being is that DC was owned by Warner Brothers since even before the first Batman. Well, not the Batman 66, but the the no, but the 89 one, yeah. Whereas Marvel is run by creative people who are looking to put out movies that, uh, based on uh, concepts that they actually love, Warner Brothers is just getting people to do big-budget superhero movies, and they don't really give a shit what it is. They don't really have any affection for it. They're just like, go put it out. And I think the reason that you're seeing things like the Joker movie, which I think they're saying is Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be the Joker... I want to say that that I think I think I think it's the Scorsese thing. I mean, they've not announced anything, but I think the smart money would be on another collaboration between the two of them. Right. Well, I think the reason for that is that like they realize that they're having a lot of trouble with the, and it's funny because you know the DC TV stuff does way better than the Marvel stuff for the most part, or, or you know, maybe not way mm-hmm. better, but they've had more success with it uh, long-term. Um, but the, the movie stuff, they just can't get together, and I think they realize that they, they have a problem where, okay, they have all these icons that people actually know, but unless Batman is the main character and in the title, it's not making money. So what do they do like if Justice League fails? So I'm, I'm wondering if doing multiverse stuff is going to be their way of soft, like basically JJ Abrams uh the justice league DCEU. If like flashpoint won't be like, Oh, you know, like it'll, it would literally be like the uh, DC new 52 comics, um, which flashpoint was the miniseries that kicked that off. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know about comics, I, it's not worth going into, but, <laughs> but it would be a way of like, again, J, that's the simplest way to explain it is pulling a JJ Abrams with like Star Trek and. You know, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I, I get it. I, I think the thing is like, I mean, a lot of people, um, even friends of mine, are kind of getting a bit sick of the other problem with Marvel films, where they're all tied in together is that if you don't watch one, or you haven't watched a, a certain TV series, you might not get a reference in a film. You need to kind of try and keep on top of things. And I think 
you know, that's that's quite tough in itself. But if DC then start, starts to try and do like multiverses and stuff like that, that's going to confuse the public even more than what they're doing at the moment. Oh, I, I, I mean, I agree, but it, you know, I mean, they already jumped into that problem with just having two flashes. I mean, and it's the same character. Mm. It's played differently, but like they, like if I don't know if you've ever read comics, but there's multiple Flash characters. Like they could have, they could have yeah. just made him Wally West or something like. Although they're using Wally West in the TV show now, but they could have made him any number of other characters. And they're just like, no, we'll just have this Barry Allen, that Barry Allen, and like people who watch movies don't see watch TV shows, right? You know, it's just. Yeah. I but I don't think yeah, they I care. I think they just figured like, oh, it's Justice League. We need the Flash. Put him in it, like whatever, and. For some reason, they decide to make him the comedy relief, which is awkward. Oh, I think they just done. It. I think they saw Quicksilver in um, the X Men, uh, the Fox X Men films, and saw how that did, and thought we'll just do that with Flash. Oh, you think the Flash? That seems like then. Well, no, he can't because there's they're gonna have Flashpoint. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I think it's on, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not like they only have, you know, the Flash has only been portrayed by one person. It's the same with, you know, it, if the rumors we believe Green Lantern's going to be a different Green Lantern. So here's, here's the, the funny thing about that. I suggested that they, that's the, what they're basically doing, and I think they'll fuck it up, but what they're basically doing with Green Lantern <laughs> is something that I suggested like literally th- three years ago. I basically what I said, so there's there are multiple Earth Green Lanterns. Mm. Um, Hal Jordan's the most famous one. Um, there's a famous black Green Lantern called John Stewart. No relation yep. to the to the comedian. To Daddy um, guy, yeah. <laughs> and then there's like this brash Irish guy who's kind of an asshole called Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner, yeah. So what I suggested when the how Jordan and granted nobody from Warner brothers, well, maybe somebody was listening cause they ended up kind of doing it, um, or deciding to doing it was that they make green lanterns into a lethal weapon movie. Like literally use that tone, have a little bit of a comedic bent, but be kind of a hardcore crime thing where how Jordan gets killed. Like he just dies. Cause Ryan Reynolds is doing Deadpool. Anyway, he, he's never going to fucking do how Jordan again. Why replace how Jordan? Why not just kill him? And then, have like the guardians appoint two new green lanterns to not only find out who killed him, which would have been like Sinestro or something like that. If you ever watched the movie. Um, but yeah, I was like, just do lethal weapon. It's perfect. You not, not just because of the colors of the gentleman involved, but also because that's a tone that people can kind of wrap their head around. Um, it fits a more serious tone that, the Warner Brothers people are going for these days, or I guess now they're trying to recreate uh, Guardians of the Galaxy tonally, but, you know, uh, but at the time they were going for dark and serious Chris Nolan stuff. So, yeah, I I think it would have been a great movie. Uh, And who knows, maybe they won't fuck it up, but I still think... I doubt it. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway... So, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? We've been uh, going at it for about an hour. Um, no, not not especially. I mean, it's uh, you know, thank you for having me on, and um, I think it's always good. You know, what I like is um, the loose nature of it. I think um, 
you know, we've we've gone from oh, talking about, <laughs> about gay people and going to gay clubs to uh, some would refer to as gay superhero films. So, um, you know, I think I think uh, it's, it's quite a tangent we've gone on. But no, thank you very much for for having me on and happy World Podcast Day. Um, I didn't get you a card. I didn't realise, so uh, I apologise. Oh, I just found out about it like Sunday. You were you were you were in the air when I found out about this. Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, if you, uh, if you're out there listening, go, uh, check out the Diz After Dark network. You, uh, y'all have Diz After Dark, Universal After Dark, uh, everybody's got one. Is, and Strike is technically a... Yep, Strike is part of that family as well. Um, I don't, you know, I don't do that, but, um... One of our pools does that, and and Craig does that show as well with uh, another colleague. So that's all about uh, the Marvel, mainly the Marvel universe. They talk about DC as well. Um, I think they just reviewed, or they're reviewing Inhumans because um, they went to see the IMAX release of that. Why? Although I believe, <laughs> well, that that's what the reviews for. Um, I think. Does, am I right in thinking that starts tomorrow? Well, by the time this episode goes out, that that would have just started on on ABC. I I'll be honest with you. I haven't kept up with it. I I I saw the trailer. I I I knew what they were doing, and I was like, I'm not. And then when they announced they were going to charge people to see it in theaters, I was, yep. I was like, no, you're you're out of your mind. You're out on, of your on top mind. of that as well, it was it was a, a like reduced version, so the TV version will be longer than the IMAX version. I hadn't even heard that, but. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Apparently, the, the rumor is it's been cancelled already. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and I, I mean, anybody could have predicted that it was, <laughs> it, it was never going to do well, and, it, whatever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know when it's coming out, but I, I, it is relatively soon. It might be, it might be this weekend. Yeah. So. Well, don't watch it, kids. <laughs> But uh, but do go listen to the Dis After Dark Network if you uh, you know, and if you you you're not big on theme park podcasts, they they do have uh, y'all only do it monthly, but uh, everybody's got one, uh, which features the aforementioned Lee Malaby. Um, I've listened to most of the episodes. I I didn't make it through the the episode, ironically, talking about what we we've, we've been talking about for the last thirty minutes. Uh, <laughs> there is one dedicated to Batman versus Superman, and then I, I I haven't listened to the Bill and Ted episode. But uh, yeah, I mean to be honest, yeah, the latest episode that we, uh, we uh, and uh, I suppose it's similar for you. We we pay for a certain amount of bandwidth every month, um, and we hadn't been using it. Right. So uh, we recorded the Bill and Ted show from Halloween Horror Nights this year, and put that out as as this month's episode. But um, me, Lee, and Craig, I think getting together next week for October's episode. So you won't have to wait long for a a normal one. Um, and there's a few crazy come up with a few themes for upcoming shows. So um, they're going to get quite random, um, but they should be fun. So yeah, if you uh, if I haven't bored you too much, uh, please give some of that stuff a listen. Um, yeah. And thank you for having me on. I said, really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed myself. So thanks. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. So cheers. So this has been the Metal Hand of God. Uh, shout out to our network, the Fakakta Comedy Funhouse Network. Go check all those out. Um, shout out to PM Star Promotions. Uh, you know, if you're looking to get like stickers and 
band gear and stuff like that. Uh, but all the commercials are on this episode anyway. Uh, and uh, thank you, Nick. And uh, what's, what's our sign-off for this one? Keep it metal! Yeah! That was, <laughs> that was Rockin' Steve again. He says keep it metal. <laughs> are you looking to get custom merch for your band? PM Star Promotions is producing all types of promotional items such as shirts, hats, stickers, banners, koozies, skate decks, and much, much more. All products are imprinted in the USA and made to last while keeping your cost as low as possible. Need a shirt design or logo made? The PM Star team has over 20 years experience in graphic design to make your ideas come to life. PM Star Promotions is making their way by working alongside with national bands and record labels including Crowbar, Goat Whore, and Ripple Music. To get customized, dependable work or check out the package deals to fit your budget and other exciting offers, please check out our featured collection on Facebook, PM Star Promotions, or visit www.pmstarpromo.com. It's time to get noticed. Got a